Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Today we want to talk about I want to talk about concepts of constancy and consistency. Constancy and consistency. Constancy means faithfulness, longevity, stickability. Consistency means doing it all the time. So let's look at Matthew chapter 25 verse 1 to 13. Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13. Let us pray. Father, speak deep into our hearts your truths, that indeed we may be Christians and we may be followers of Christ, not on certain occasions, not for short term, but that all our lives we may love you and long to follow you and be able to do so. Speak now, Lord, your precious word. But not only speak to our minds and our hearts, but let your Holy Spirit place that truth and that longing into our hearts, that we may indeed long to be consistent and constant in our love for you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took the lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took the lambs, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with the lambs. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lambs. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lambs are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and for you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The beauty and yet the difficulty of parables, as I said before, is that it can be open to any kind of interpretation. And so, especially for this parable, there are many interpretations. One of the most common interpretation is to see the oil as the Holy Spirit, and that all of us must have portion of the Holy Spirit, and yet we must have extra portion of the Holy Spirit. While it is very true that we need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit, I highly doubt that this passage tells us about the Holy Spirit. We will talk more about the Holy Spirit as we look into um, the Acts of the Apostles. But I believe that in this case, parable of the ten virgins rather has to do with constancy and consistency. Let me first talk about constancy. The virgins were to go um, go for a wedding. These were like the bridesmaids. One of the difficulties that they faced was that they didn't know how long they would have to wait. It might have been a long time. And to be able to think about how long one would have to prepare jars of oil. You know how inconvenient it is to go for the long run. 
long term, if they only knew how long the bridegroom would take to come, they would have prepared just enough for the bridegroom. Problem was, they didn't know. They didn't know whether it was short or long term. And therefore, they had to prepare for the long haul. Imagine going out there cumbered with a jar of oil. That's a lot more work. The foolish ones instead just thought, well, let's just go and have a good time, bring our lamps. When the bridegroom comes, we'll have enough oil and we will burn our lights and go out to greet him. Little did they take heed that it might be a long, long journey when they would run out of oil. This is about constancy, knowing that we are in for the long haul. I think this is very consistent with the the warnings that Jesus made earlier on. Let me read again from um, Matthew chapter 24, verse 9 to 13. Let me get this. In this passage, as I preached on Sunday, it was about um, the tribulation. And then Jesus says this, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. In this passage in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus was warning the people that there will be great tribulations, there will be false prophets, and above all, love of many will grow cold. Many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. This will be a terrible time where there will be so much anger and betrayal and hatred and self-preservation. And then in verse 13, he says, the one who endures to the end will be saved. In the passage, in the parable of the ten virgins, it is about aiming for the long haul. If one only looked to the present, if one thought nothing of the future, one would be sadly mistaken. Each of us has to be, have a view of the future, the unknown future, unfortunately, and pre- be prepared for that. Now first let me address the young among us, teens, young adults, youth. Because this is the time when you are excited about the Christian faith and you are truly loving Jesus. You are captivated by the life, by the love of Christ and you want to be a Christian. And I think this is a wonderful thing. I remember when I was in JC, I was also very zealous for Christ as were all my peers. One day, a preacher who was a missionary came to speak at our meeting. And he told us that as he looked at all of us, 20 of us, he looked at us and then he said, do you know that statistically, in 20 years' time, only 5% will survive as Christians? I was, it was a very chilling thought. I don't even know where he got the statistic from or whether it was accurate or not. But when I heard that, it, I was just filled with angst and fear and anxiety. 
Because as I looked around at the 20 of us, that means only one would survive. And I wasn't even considered most likely to survive. I wasn't in the exco, I wasn't the chairperson, I wasn't even a cell group leader. I was simply one who sat in the crowd listening to a good speaker. But I remember that I had, that day I had this very desperate longing that I would not betray my Lord. And I remember praying then, God, if it takes whatever it takes, let me be that 5%. Of course, it is my hope that after this very strong and chilling warning by this missionary, more than 5% of us would have survived because each of us would have been resolved and determined to make it in the long haul. But as I look at the many who were very active, great leadership skills, who were chairpersons of Varsity Christian Fellowship, who led movements, and now they have, some of them have gone very cold, others have renounced their faith. And I realized that what this preacher said was very likely to be true. The journey has not been easy. In fact, it has been a very difficult journey. One of the things that I'm so grateful to God for is that He kept loving me. You know, in this long journey, it's been, what, 40 years since I was a teenager, there were many times when I was sorely tested. Mainly, the worst temptation, perhaps, is that of being meek, wanting, needing to be meek in the face of adversity. To me, of course, I would have preferred to be sarcastic, to be aggressive, to fight. But remembering what Jesus said, that we are called to be meek, meekness is not weakness, it's not to be helpless and lay things down, but it's to say to God, God, you take over. That's also to be poor in spirit. To say, God, my anger, my arrogance, my, my aggressiveness is not going to do your righteousness. Let me commit this to you. If you want to remove the ones who hurt me, then you remove them. But I will not fight them for your sake. And it was one of those hardest struggles I've had in life, knowing in my mind that meekness is what God has called us to but knowing in my flesh, believing my flesh, that if I ever fought back, I would win, and that would be more satisfying. Many times I've found it so hard to follow Jesus. But I've always been grateful that at different turns in my life, Christ came to my rescue, guided me, restored me, loved me. But you know, it all began with that one prayer God, let me be among the remnants. Let me be the ones, among the ones who survive. Because I can't bear the thought that I would betray or I'd walk out on my Lord. We need to make a commitment to Christ and to plead with Him that we will survive the long run. But I want to say also to the adults, those my age and older who are walking and wanting to remain faithful to Christ the rest of our lives. I want to take a lesson from uh, Matthew chapter 13 when he talked about the sower and the soil. 
the two types of soil that stand out the first is the shallow soil where plant grows receives the person receives the word with joy but because of persecution and hardships they fall away and i want you to be very aware as the gospel as jesus has made clear to us that the way forward is not easy on sunday i preached about how much persecution there is how much suffering there will be and let's not deceive ourselves by thinking that life will be just easy and smooth. We all long for that. In fact, in many times we pray, God, let this be a smooth thing. Let my life be smooth. But Jesus warned us that our lives may not be smooth. That there will be people who will, you will lose friends, people who may hate you, people who may attack you for no reason. Hardships are part of life. We need to be, we cannot afford to be ignorant of the likelihood that as Christians we will also face hardships. If we are aware of that, then at least we can preempt that persecution will come. And then we say in our hearts, persecution may come, but God, I want to be faithful to you. The second type, the other type of soil, of course, are the thorns. The thorns will be the troubles and the, and the temptations of life that will pull us away. Once again, we need to make adjustments to our lifestyles. We need also to learn certain spiritual disciplines. When we face troubles, we learn to pray constantly. And that's why I go back to this lesson on meekness. Meekness is simply a dependence on God. When we face a trial, when we face some difficult test, the first thing we do is to come to God and say, God, you take over. We learn to hand our problems, our burdens to God and allow God to take over our burdens. I'll go and I'll revise some of these prayers and disciplines after I'm done with the Gospel of Matthew um, the week after Easter. And I'll run through again the prayers of thanksgiving, the prayers of laying our burdens before God. But that's so necessary because it eases the tension and the stress of carrying burdens ourselves. But temptations too, remember the Lord's Prayer, lead us away from temptation. A constant prayer that God lead us out of temptation and deliver us from evil. See, these are the two things that will drag us away from the Lord. And if we were then to practice constantly some of these disciplines, they will keep us, give us longevity in our love for God. And that's constancy. But there is also consistency. Consistency is to do, is to follow Christ and to love God in all circumstances. You see, the virgins had it very hard because they didn't know when the master, the bridegroom would come. It's also easy when you have a time frame, when you know at this time groom will come and at this time then I will be ready. But when you don't know the timing, it's hard to predict anything. It's hard to be consistent all the time. Yesterday, we talked about the parable of the 
servants, the good servants and the, and the wicked servant. The good servant was consistent in caring for the other servants entrusted to him. Even when he didn't know when the master was coming, he kept going, caring for the other servants. The wicked servant, on the other hand, thought that, well, if the master isn't coming, he can abuse his servants first. Until the time when the master comes, then he will behave himself. The trouble with us is that so often we are like the second kind of servant. We would like to work on certain time frames when uh, when we are ready, when there's a known time and known routine, we would follow that. Outside of that, we don't we find it so hard to live faithfully. Isn't it true that so often we we behave ourselves or we live godly lives or we have our minds fixed on God at certain events like Sundays when we come to church? And so maybe Saturday night or maybe even Sunday morning we resolve to be holy, we resolve to be obedient, resolve to think about God and then we go through church after church, we let go. In my former church, we used to say that all the fights are in the car park. After they leave worship service, they start fighting. Because, well, they're done with God. And it's time just to let down their hair and be themselves, to be their wicked selves. But it's very true of us too that we keep to certain events. So Sundays, Sunday mornings, we behave ourselves. If your cell group meets uh fortnightly, so fortnightly on a Wednesday perhaps when your cell group meets, you behave yourself again and you think about God a little more, you say a prayer. Problem is what we do with all the time in between. All the time in between when we don't think about God, all the times in between when we sin without reserve, that is where the problem is. Because when we don't know when the Master comes, we are inconsistent in our living. That is actually one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast too. So that every day, if you follow the podcast, at least every day your mind is set on Christ. <clears throat> at least for some moments you're thinking about God and hopefully you allow that to, your mind to mull over the passage, over the truths of God's Word. Eventually, I also want to introduce to you memorizing passages, not for the sake of memorizing, but for the sake of so that we can meditate on it throughout the day. It's picking a verse that is important, a passage that is important to you, and then allowing yourself to think through the passage again and again, how it applies to your life. Because as our minds are fixed on Christ, then it is far easier for us to be consistent in loving Christ, in living Christ-like life. It is only when our minds are not on God, then we think of all sorts of things, of gossip, of dishonesty, of lust, of anger, of aggression, and everything that we know a Christian ought to live is just thrown to the winds. To be consistent then begins with setting our minds on the things above, on the things of the Spirit, allowing our minds to work constantly, thinking of God and His ways. I'm not a person who is particularly uh, disciplined or, or strict about daily quiet time. 
I used to say, well, it doesn't matter as long as you think about God. But I've since learned that it is important to spend time with God daily for this reason alone. That whenever our minds are fixed on God, we live consistently. Whenever our minds are fixed intermittently on God, then we live intermittently and inconsistently. The virgins did not know when the groom was coming. And at those times, they just allowed themselves to burn away the oil. They were not prepared for the coming of the master, of the bridegroom. We are called to be prepared all the time. And in order to do that, we need to be constant, to take steps to ensure that there is stickability, that we will run the race and finish that course, that at the last of our lives we may look up to God and say, God, you walked with me and I'm so grateful. The one dream I have of my life is that the words of that hymn, How Great Thou Art, and the last words of the chorus says, And then I shall bow and say, My God, how great thou art. I hope that at the end of my life, I may just look at God, glance at God and say, God, I have seen your goodness. I've seen your greatness. And I've lived my life following after, chasing after, knowing you. I believe that is your hope too. And if it is, then pray for God, first of all, to give you that resolve to walk that distance. And then take steps, daily steps, to live consistently, to allow God to take your, to lead you away from temptation, to take away, to relieve your stress and your troubles. Even when we go through hard times, to have that resolve to make it to the end. Let us pray. O Jesus, I have promised to serve thee to the end. Be thou forever near me, my master and my friend. Father, we see the tempest that comes to us. We fear, we dread the hardships that we will face hardships that will challenge our faith and our faithfulness. But Lord, we ask you today, provide for us. Provide the strength, provide your spirit in us. Provide that resolve. Most of all, allow us to experience your love through the hardest days of our lives. That we may walk faithfully with you that at the end of our lives we may look at you and say, God, thank you for walking with me and allowing me to walk with you. Father, we ask too that you teach us to be consistent in our love for you, in our journey with you. That though there will be many times when we are not aware of whether you are looking or others are looking, when we are alone, and faced with many temptations. We ask, Lord, that your word, you keep our minds on you, thinking of you, speaking with you, letting your word fill our hearts and our minds. 
that we may live faithfully with you, whether among Christians or alone, whether seen by others or seen by no one, that in these times we may love you with all our heart, our soul, our mind and strength. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, you have a great week ahead. Lord bless you and goodbye.